Episode 3 of Flyover Territory Podcast. Uh, my co-host, Woody, back for episode 3. And joining me, as always, is uh, Dave. Dave, how are we doing? After the long holiday break, we've survived. We're here. We uh, And we have lots of baseball to talk about, actually, too. It's great. It's a great time to be a Minnesota resident, uh, mostly because no snow. Yes. The wind today was brutal, but yeah. also because of big news that happened over the holiday break that we'll mm-hmm. get into. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a good good holiday season for you. Then I, t- I take it. Or? Uh, pr- pretty good. Yeah, pretty good yeah. holiday yeah. season. No, that's that's kind of <laughs> I, I would uh, I would say so there. But uh, no, yeah, let's just get right into it then. Um, big news over over the break. Jump right into it. Like real big news. Um, Twins finally pulling the trigger on a key free agent uh, at a spot that we definitely had zero similar players at. Mm-hmm. Uh, right-handed DH Nelson Cruz. I'm just going to let you start off first off. First impressions. $14 million for the first year. Mm -hmm. It's uh, not a guaranteed second year. There's a club option with a 30000 k buyout for the 38-year-old Nelson Cruz. Sounds right. Uh, We can double-check that. But, man, we we go back to our first and second podcast and talking about this lineup and having some – some rumblings of excitement about scopes fitting in with this, about guys kind of figuring out maybe CJ Crone. And let's go ahead and add Nelson Cruz to that. And just like you said, we needed a DH. We were thinking maybe Tyler Austin, the youngster, might have a run at this. But boom, you've just dropped in one of the top 10 free agents of this offseason. Consistently, you look at all the lists generated. There's Nelson Cruz's name sitting there. There's production, consistent production. Aging has not been that big of an issue, it appears, with all of his metrics. There's not this great degree of regression. So you just drop him inside of this lineup, and it just puts a big smile on my face. It was a lot of fun to see. It was an announcement that made its waves around twins fan communities both on larger communities and also i think within our immediate community yeah there's a lot of people that were making comments on it it was it was a time something to be pretty damn excited about i would would say yeah that that that's a that's a great like starting point i think jumping off that last point there is i got like text conversations and text messages and different things like that from people that couldn't care less about the twins so i think that's a big sign too Mm -hmm. of I kind of liken it to not the same, but more the communication part of like when the Wild signed Parisian suitors. Now again, different kind of like places in their careers in terms of like prime and things like that. But just like the kinds of conversations you get of, hey, like the organization feels like they're going for it. Um, Now I don't think Nelson Cruz is a guy that's going to magically get us to a hundred wins. But it's that that excitement of saying. You know, we're willing to take shots at guys that we think make this ball club better, yeah. even if it's directly related to, like, the big moves that we just made. If it makes us better, it makes us better. You mentioned C.J. Cron, um, for example, of a guy I feel like they were going to give that chance to. To be fair, he could still be our opening day first baseman. Um, I think Nelson Cruz is officially listed as a designated hitter. Mm-hmm. He gives you about uh, 
zero. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Can we go negative? <laughs> uh, Maybe a negative influence if you want to put him in a corner outfield position. Uh, but he he definitely is a DH. If you look at, I think, the popular stat I saw the last five years, only guy with 200-plus home runs. Yep. That are yep. like two less than that. Um, super consistent. We look at even just last year's stats where he weirdly was an all-star. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, all-star. Batting 256, so he'll fit right in with the twins. <laughs> but the, year, the, three, the four years leading up to that, he was at, he was in like uh, consistently in like the the 280 range. So we just assume that, or hopefully, it wasn't too crazy like sign of regression. But um, still mashing home runs, 37 last year. It would have been more than any twin had. Um, 97 RBI, mm-hmm. 18 doubles. He, he's a guy that's gonna hit the. He still had in 144 games, nearly 600 plate appearances. Um, he's a guy that has hit well over 600 plate appearances each of the last yeah. you know, four of the last five years. It seemed like last year I didn't watch a lot of Seattle Mariner baseball. Um, I don't know if anybody did. There's a lot of that out there, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. But he's a guy that it Long felt. Jay Bruner. Yeah. Oh, Jay Bruner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I just brought me back to Ken Griffey Jr. baseball yeah. in '64 yeah. and just like. No, we got Jay Bruner still. So you, you get through the lineup. You devote an entire day just to looking through that entire oh, lineup man. and compare that to just, the 1995 Cleveland Indians oh, as well. It was just great. Just I, side note on Jay Bruner, it was always like for for whatever reason, it was like <laughs> oh, I burned through Ken Griffey, I burned through Edgar Martinez. Uh, I got nobody else to bet. Oh, we got Jay Bruner still. We're good. <laughs> it was the it was the best feeling. But but no, yeah, it, it, in Seattle, it kind of felt like you know last year for them. They had Robbie Cano. They had they had done a bunch of stuff. Of, mm-hmm. They were intriguing. Yes, which <clears throat> uh, and it just wasn't kind of working out for him. So that you just don't know where the head's at. But I think he's going to come in here essentially a one year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know what, I still I still can mash homers. Like I still can do that, and that's yeah. exactly why he's here. In this, so the, I love how you pointed out the slash line isn't as exciting as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that you have to push aside and you focus on that 144 games. There's that great figure where five, the top five guys who've hit 200 home runs are closest to. I mean, it's it's names like Harper. It's it, But at the top of that is Nelson Cruz. And it's just consistency that's getting a lot of games in there. And I think if you want to do that deep dive, like encourage anyone and everyone to read some of the advanced metrics yeah, on Nelson yeah. Cruz. And it sounded like from my Reading through, again, with reckless abandon after he was signed, every single thing I could get my hands on for Nelson Cruz is that he hit the ball hard last year. Yep. He squares up on pitches in that a lot of these advanced metrics that say, like, hey, it's still okay. He's still putting the ball in play and still just absolutely crushing baseballs. Like, that did not diminish last year. Now, the slash line, that might be a little bit lower. But, again, let's just say and take that name, Nelson Cruz, take out Tyler Austin and look at that lineup again it i think it's worth just repeating from the top to bottom yeah give a rundown and, to and, it yeah and we'll use that spot of Austin versus Cano and just to see how excited it is to have Polanco, Rosario, Sano, Cano, Cron, Kepler, Castro, Scopes in there and yep. Buxton it, it it's just what 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 i want to talk about or at least kind of dream about is how many guys can we have that have 25 plus home runs that have a legitimate shot at hitting 80 RBI yeah. with this lineup. And that that ball is going to be flying around. That would be a lot of fun to see. It's just it's a potent lineup to bring into a ballpark on the road. It's a great lineup to have at home. Yeah. It's it's one of those things too weirdly that when he was signed too, I feel like at least for me, it kind of went back to that whole 
it, it gives us legitimate it just legitimacy. I think this team you look at it's kind of what we talked about on I think the last episode with when we we're kind of going through just the the OBNA roster, kind of how we saw it settle through is we got a lot of like nice pieces. Yes. Yep. And, you know, nothing nothing like elite talent or anything. Or, you know, it's borderline great, above average, kind of in that night. Like, ooh, I like it if there's something else there or if, you know, Scope doesn't have to do everything. If we don't have to expect Sano to have this huge improvement year or, you know, we don't have to expect Buxton to hit 290. Now you can have someone like, let's just see what the natural progression is for these guys because we have a guy like Cruz who. Realistically, coming into this into the season, we should expect in the two seventies for average. Um, two eighties is not unrealistic to expect. North of thirty home runs, right around. And again, RBI is kind of tricky because you know the guys in front of you in a little bit like that. But right around that ninety range, like that's a. I'll take a 90 slash five. You know, in a heart, and that's just like oh, you said, man. that weight lifted off of the production level yes. for other guys. Now, it, it just in that signing alone, just me thinking about the terrifying peaks and valleys of those first 15 days of the season to like watch what was Buxton, how many strikeouts did he have in the first, you know, X number of games last year. And you're just kind of like that scary roller coaster. (laughs) You're going down and it just doesn't have any signs of stopping. Like, I feel like Cruz is the guy that's going to be able to step up. He's seen it all in terms of his career, that stability and how much of a ripple effect does that have out? Does that stop skids? Is that, you know, does that, I, it's exciting to think about him as a bulwark against any lineup-wide catastrophes and, and just so nice of a piece to have and makes our team so much better immediately. And again, like you said, that sign that this front office is saying, here's $12 million, $14 million bucks. Yeah. Let's use it. Let's yeah. make this team better exactly. without, without seemingly any pause. And it sounds like we weren't the only horse in this race. It sounded yeah. like... This is an offer in a team that beat out Tampa Bay to land Nelson Cruz. Exactly. Which is, I just like to know that <laughs> players want to stop here. Sounds like Scope was involved in talking to Cruz, and there's a lot of chatter out there about what kind of personality and figure Cruz can be, both yep. in a lineup, but then in that clubhouse, that type of role, which you and I both know there are guys on this team last year that weren't quite the personalities to maybe bring a team together. We yeah. don't know. We sit here at a kitchen table, talk about the guys <laughs> in a locker room yeah. that have a much larger and a couple more zeros on their salary. But Joe Maurer wasn't going to carry a team on his back. Nelson Cruz, is he a guy that can inspire that in the in the rest of the clubhouse? Is he a guy that can light something under Miguel Sano to help him get back to where he was? Again, it, it's that positivity level was just taken up to another degree. I can't remember. Did we do a letter score on what we felt about or like a, where we were feeling, scale of 1 to 10? Because wherever we were, like I'd like to add either another letter score or another <laughs> 2. Uh, like if we were at a 7, 6 maybe in terms of optimism, we're up to a 7.5, maybe 8 it, now. It definitely firmed the higher number, right? If we're always yeah. like, you, you should give like a, oh, I'm feeling like a, like yeah, a, like yeah. a f- 6, 7. It's definitely now, oh, I'm feeling a 7. Yes, yes. And maybe like I could talk myself into after a certain amount of Jamesons, <laughs> like an 8.59. Like if you can, and that's the yeah, exciting Steven part. Yeah, Gonzalez is going to be fine. It's going to be great, <laughs> which we'll get to. But again, this this lineup and from that side, it's just it's like okay, check. Yes. This offense, we've put together something that we I'm speaking for the Minnesota Twins front office in the Minnesota Twins organization. They've put forward a lineup that is conceivably on paper 
competitive and ready to rock and roll. Yes. Okay, we've got maybe a couple things that could be off interesting going into spring training, which we talked about when we did that look through in the lineup last time around. But I mean, it's Nelson Cruz. I mean, just spend some time scroll through his baseball <laughs> reference for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. It's pretty cool. This guy <laughs> is a baseball player, and he's on the Minnesota Twins, and we are a better team for it. Exactly. And I think the big thing I take away from this is thinking back to first year in Target Field to pull up Nelson Cruz's baseball reference one more time here. There's two Nelson Cruz's, by the way. Never overlapped in playing time. <laughs> um, that's too bad. But uh, this... Were you more excited thinking back to this of like where we're at now, or when we when we announced that we signed Jim Tomey? I was just gonna, I was just gonna, I was rolling through and kind of like thinking about what in our tenure as Twins fans has been the most exciting free agent signing. And Tomey's like number one, but I can't remember if I was. I don't know why I wouldn't have been as excited. So I think like, this is what, what for me. I'm trying to think back to it. We always remember Tomey as the guy for the Indians that just mashed us, yeah, right? And yeah. that was kind of like the big thing for him. I, if I remember correctly, what I was worried about was this was told to be a pitcher's park. That was like the rumor going into it. Yeah. Um, they didn't know, but like they thought it leaned towards more pitchers. Um, Tommy was also kind of around this age too, but he had shown a much more like regression than <laughs> Cruz is showing. Like, to be fair, we could see this weird drop off in Cruz too right yeah. now and be the team that has to deal with it. I'm not, I'm not totally throwing that out the window <laughs> right now, but... It was kind of like we were warned of like he's a guy that's just kind of like a platoon DH. He can't probably go three three games in a row. It's like a two every three. You know you don't really know what you're gonna get from him. What are you gonna do? You got three lefties in the middle of your lineup. It was like kind of this like weird thing of like, but he's but he's not on the other team. Yeah, Tommy cool. Tommy came to us as a 39 year old into that 20, 2010 season yep. after 23 homers, 77 RBI. He hit 249, 123 strikeouts. So definitely there was like that dip in the production. But then, of course, in Tommy's first season, and he only played in 108 games, too. Yeah, but like two-thirds of the season. Two-thirds of the season, yeah. 25 home runs, 59 RBI, and absolutely mashed for us. Now that was two two seasons left in the tank for Tommy. So it, 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 Roughly, that's where it's yeah. kind of, I guess I'm, I would lean towards Cruz being a little bit more of a, this has me more excited than Tommy does. Because okay. it just seems like Cruz is expected and is the heir apparent of a mantle of you will produce close to the numbers that you did last year. And even if there is a little regression in yep. that, we're going to be fine with that. You, we yes. just we need some of that solidity. We'd love to have that in our lineup. Whereas Tommy was kind of a little bit more of a, let's see what we get. Yeah. And Tommy definitely helped create some great memories oh, man. for Minnesota Twins yeah. fans at Target Field. First first year, too. Yeah, that was nuts. I. No, that's a good point. I, I think the thing with Tommy too was he was coming in to be a complimentary piece and then I would I would argue he overachieved, right? For like our expectation. He might have played exactly how he thought he was gonna play that year, but we were expecting maybe like fifteen home runs. Maybe he's probably gonna bat like two fifty ish. Mm-hmm. He'll come in some pinch hit spots and he's just gonna be like that threat off the bench in the ninth inning. Where Nelson Cruz is coming in to we expect hundred fifty plus games out of him. Um He's a guy that's going to carry the team. So it's one of those things, if we're winning and he's batting like 240, great. If we're losing and he's batting like 270, 280, great. It's not yeah. like, it's one of those things of like, hey, it's, like, it's going to kind of ride with him, but at the same time too, we're going to understand that just having a bat like his, and he, at this point in his career, versus Tommy in 2010, at, at Tommy's point in that career, career for that time period, 
there's more fear. Like there's more of a we've got to think a little bit how we're gonna pitch to him. Back then it was kind of like he's thirty nine year old Jim Tomey. I just just don't throw him ninety four center of the plate. Yeah, we'll, we'll live with it. And yep. and with Cruz, it's kind of a you know also big thing too from the Dominican. Sano from the Dominican. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk of that's kind of also a little bit of what they're you know yeah. hoping that hey. Here's a guy that you know can kind of get where he's coming from and maybe reach him in ways that yeah. Rocco Baldelli and Paul Mahler can't. And that that I thought was also something kind of like in the in the first half, if if not the infancy of Nelson Cruz's career, there were some correlations between his experience in uh, Miguel Sano. So yes. I'd, I'd, I'd want to check on that. But let's see. Yeah. So if you look at that first five, so made an All Star team in his fifth year. Fourth year, really, he had like eight games with the Brewers in '05. But um, yeah, a Brewers uh, draftee, right? I believe came so, up with the Brewers. Might or? have been signed by. I don't know if he was drafted. Um, that they won't give me it yet here. Okay. I got to dig with deeper. But either way, um, Rangers is really what he came up with. Yeah, and he was probably part. Yep. Was he part of them? Oh, Garza are already gone at that point. Okay, never mind. That's not a Matt Garza thing. Okay. Um, the Damn you, Mark Matt Garza. He, yeah, so his first, like, three years in the league, he was kind of this, you know, didn't play a ton, probably went back and forth a decent amount. Um, his all-star year, that was kind of his big year at 28 when he mashed uh, 33 homers, 76 RBI. It was an all-star that year. That was big because Josh Hamilton was getting really hot right around then, too. Um yeah, he's kind of – there is an argument to be made that when he went to Baltimore for that one year and then since then that there could be a little Barry Bonds this year. Um, just, it, it's, it's interesting. He, he's, he's played in 140-plus games for the last one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. Yeah. And that's last year at the age of 37. So, yes, 38 going into this year. Yep. And with, with he's found himself in the latter half of his career and has just continued to produce here. He's playing a lot of games, and you look at the beginning half of that, that career, like early to Texas time, he only played over 130 games once, and that was uh, at his age 31 year. Hit 24 homers that year. He's always kind of like a 260 hitter. I don't know if there's enough games to really say some of those seasons are really technically bad at 330 count. Um, but I think the last five years really shows who he is. Yeah. And you, know, you kind of hope that this isn't the year yeah. that he kind of falls off. And I don't I don't think he will. They're projecting him right now, uh, baseball reference 2019, that he's going to get 560 plate appearances, which would be pretty on par. They're, they're projecting less, which is kind of strange. Um, 31 homers, 261 average, 87 RBI. That might be a little bit more dependent on the type of players that are surrounding him in this order that the... Uh, Either unfamiliarity or by inconsistencies of that. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Did you but, just say 31 home runs and 80 plus Yeah, RBI? exactly. Boom, I'll take come back to that. I'll take that. that that's uh, Also, Perfect. sorry, Mariners fans, your uh, Seattle Mariners did finish in third place with uh, 89 wins and 73 losses last year. It's true. Paxton, forget about that. Yeah. Who's now with the Yankees. Yeah. They got gutted. Yankees. They lost everybody. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you could just play that scene. I feel like Seattle, like enough Seattle Mariner fans have played that scene from Moneyball, <laughs> where it's just Brad Pitt, like, who's in Giambi? Who's in Damon? Who's in Isringhausen? And it's Russell, who's in Paxton? Who's in Cano? We lost Cruz. Just like, it's open. That, it's not looking great for them. But maybe we can go over there and pluck, uh, who's the shortstop for the Dodgers, his older brother? Oh. Not, are you, he, 
I want to say it's Justin Turner. I know it's not Justin uh, Turner. Segura. Was... Uh, no, the who's the the short the? Oh, you mean third baseman? Might be the third Seager? baseman for yeah. Yeah. Is that Corey Seager? Right. This is Kyle Seager in Seattle. Yeah. Corey Seager is out at short. Corey is a shortstop for the dot. Maybe just go plug Kyle Seager then. <laughs> Let's just go raid the Mariners. This is, the Mariners won 89 games right. last year. Can, can we also just say, like, Mariners and Athletics, just an affinity for, yes. as another small market, uh, mid-90s, contraction talks flying, uh, money ball situation. I think Seattle like, wasn't part of those four teams, though. Maybe. Who were the four teams? It was Tampa, Oakland, Minnesota. Who was the fourth? Was it... What's Montreal. that? Montreal. Yeah. It had to have been. I know Seattle wasn't. Okay. Um, also, the Marlins, but like the Marlins are weird in that weird time of like we just won in 97. Just and we have, of us. We, have, we have Josh Beckett in the in the uh, organization. Yeah. yeah like. So that's just an aside to say any team that plays the California, Los Angeles, whatever the hell their name is, Angels, and beats them on a consistent basis, I appreciate you. Yeah. And, I think we can safely say on this podcast, fuck the rally monkey <laughs> to the nth degree. God, that bane of my existence. That was a tough one. I was at the only game that, the Joe Mays game, mm-hmm. which to be fair, as a 12-year-old baseball fan at the time, was boring as shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> Much uh, like Minnesota Twins yeah, baseball at yeah. that time. You know, third baseline, <laughs> Metrodome, upper deck, having to like, your seats are faced just straight at second base, and your neck is just cranked <laughs> looking down the line. And uh, Joe Mays, too, I think it was a one nothing game to shut him down. And then, uh, yeah, I just remember like watching Troy Percival and Frankie Rodriguez in that and being like, yeah, they're, they're just better. Those two yep. guys alone are just better than us. We, yep. we don't have a chance. Yep. But that was a good, that was a good time. That was a good time. That's, that's, that, that's the time that, again, it's a very special time. We're hopefully standing on the cusp of something different. Yes. And again... I, just the last roster standpoint from the offensive side, Nelson Cruz helps you. This lineup, we didn't yeah. we didn't lose anything from what we talked about in previous exactly. podcasts about the positives and the potential within this. So if we're talking about this organization going forward beyond 2018, I mean, you have a Cruz available to continue to just be like, okay, let's extrapolate that out. Now again, we're getting ahead of ourselves by about... How many months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-four months yeah. right now. But <laughs> the idea that we could just roll it over again, too, and see what we get yeah. with this year—it's—it's it's, there's potential, there's positivity around this signing. And I quick did that scan through top free agent signings yeah. of all time, and I mean, there was just a list from like 2011 that had Tommy as like the number five. Oh, Ahead man. of him are the likes of Chili Davis, Ooh. Jack Morris, hey. uh, Brian Harper was a big signing for them. All of these guys that helped teams win pennants in 1991 yes. and probably 87. We haven't had anybody in our history as <laughs> Twins fans outside of the great Shannon Stewart uh, that have helped us up or gotten this. Was, as was Shannon Stewart a free agent signing? He was a mid-season acquisition, yes. if I remember correctly. Was it? I want. Who did we trade for Shannon Stewart? That was that was like Man. the only bigger marquee move that I ever recall Terry Ryan making. To help a Minnesota Twins club out and to make it better during the mid, season, during the season, yes. or I don't know if it, at any point in time in the season <laughs> that ever kind of moved that sense of excitement. So Nelson Cruz, welcome aboard. And again, that's on on the back of Jonathan Scope being a part of this team, CJ Crone being a part of this team, yes. like uh, some other additions on the offensive side that we feel 
where we need a need at second base. Let's go and get a second baseman. We feel we can make a move to make us better at first base. Again, not really being able to replace what Maurer necessarily did on a positive side, but definitely maybe an upgrade from Logan Morrison. So let's go do that. Yeah. Which definitely. brings us to if we're talking about eights after those couple Jamesons, yeah. somebody else slides another Jameson in front of you and says, What about their pitching? Uh and you take that, you <laughs> slam it back, and you're like, we're back down to a six. Point five. Six point five. Maybe seven? Where do you feel? That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, if they're giving me another Jameson before it, I might boldly <laughs> say 11. <laughs> and then quickly... This is Ryan with his shirt off. <laughs> yes. Or chasing around somebody at Stubborn Herbs and just... Yeah. Yes, yes. There's, there's, there's more antics going on that cannot be described probably uh, <laughs> to go along with this if this is the case. But realistically, if this is like Jameson 2 of the night, yeah. you know, we're probably looking at something... Um, you know what? Firm six point five. I okay. think that's realistic. That that's that's after two Jamesons. Yes, assuming that a third one's coming my way. What's the Stone Cold sober? Uh, depends how I wake up in the morning. Okay. Um, let's say like just normal day. I, and this is this is again this is yeah. total organization we're talking about. Oh man. And this, this is maybe going back. So we wake up and let's let's pose this question. You're you're rolling out of bed. Man U has won over the weekend. Oh, Tom Thibodeau is that, no longer the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, now, now we might be out. We're living in a world <laughs> where the Gophers have beat the Badgers oh. in Madison twice. This is great. In one sports season, we, we've, calendar was, year. Yeah, this has got to be like one of the first times that we the just like football chant, the classic yeah. throwback to high school, uh, high school Friday night chants. Oh, God. We can do that yeah. at Williams. Yeah, it's going to be great. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. So, again, all of that, that's the world we're living in. Ryan referenced this mm-hmm. earlier. You said this is the land of positivity. Yes. There's no snow. It's all sunshines and rainbows here in Minnesota. Uh, but you were all up out of the bed when in that world, in the current world, you've got a front office led by the Felvey Levine regime. Mm-hmm. You've got Rocco as your manager, your skipper. You've got this lineup. You've got this bullpen. It's you've true. got this starting rotation. In summation, so total of all their parts, one to ten, what do you say for this organization right now? Organization as a whole, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm gonna say a seven. Okay, this is seven. The, the pitching is the only thing that makes me want to say like six point five. Yeah, um, that wants to bring you back down. To yeah, like a little yeah. Bit. I think that's kind of like I'm never starting on the pitching. I'm always being like, yeah, hey, we just signed Cruz, Falvey, uh, Rocco Baldelli, who I'm really high on. Yep, I really like kind of the structure where we're going. We're we're becoming more that analytic team, which mm-hmm. shows that's kind of how you have to do it when you're a smaller, you know, we, we like to think of ourselves as kind of like a mid-market team. We're, we're probably tr- should treat it like a small market team. Yep. Kind of like how the A's do it, and the A's have a great success at it. We're never going to go out and sign Patrick Corbin for a six-year, $140 million deal. Yep. This is not going to happen. So, that being said, we've got like two guys on this rotation that I'm like, Cool, great. Mm-hmm. I trust you to take the ball and keep us competitively in this game. Uh, the rest, big question mark. Yeah, Huge and, that, question. and that's the scariest thing because yeah. we've 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 seen how much of a power rotation can just elevate you and automatically put you in conversations. Now, again, astronomic costs to maintaining that. Like mm-hmm. you don't just go out and get price and. <laughs> do we need to go through the entire Boston Red Sox starting rotation? I mean, that, that just puts you at a different level. So if you're the Minnesota Twins and you've got two guys, and I'm assuming you're talking about Barrios and the great Kyle Gibson. Right now, yeah. yeah right? Pretty and, much. And, and, that's, and then 
it just drops off so much from that. So do we feel that if that's the case, the, the lodestone around buoyant optimism is a starting rotation where we're like, we have two guys and one of those, we just are so excited that he's been as successful as he has been for the last season and a half. We don't yes. really trust Kyle Gibson to the nth degree. We wish the best for Kyle Gibson. But after those two, it's Odorizzi and a guy that didn't pitch for the last season and a half that we are expecting to throw 150-plus <laughs> innings to make us remotely competitive. And then in the fifth spot, we have eight guys conceivably that could be battling for that position, which is a, is, is a, could be a positive if you spin it the right way, but we also don't have the arms that match up against Boston, against the New York Yankees. And even division-wise, I mean, that's... One of the best rotations in baseball the last five years has been over in Cleveland, and we don't match up that well in a head-to-head against them, not to mention the hard-charging White Sox with all of their young talent. True. And the, the White Sox feel like they're they're getting ready to con- – they're sensing – There's opportunities. Cleveland's there's... kind of putzing around a little bit. We got probably more resources, money than Cleveland. Let's try to make a run at this. Um, I think if like, you don't go sign Calvin Herrera for two years, $18 nope. million. Nope. Um, a one-year deal makes more sense for them because then you can off them in July. But they seem like they're kind of starting to put some stuff together. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think when I look at this initially just off the gates, burials for sure. I just like having a guy that has that much kind of movement and that kind of, that kind of I don't know, stuff is what I'll say, I guess, for him. Not necessarily a 97, 98-mile-an-hour hurler, but 94 can mix it up. Um, granted, Johan did some things that were – ungodly for a Minnesota twin baseball player. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily saying he's Johan Santana, but it kind of feels like a little bit of like probably like that, that was it 06 he won his first Cy Young where two years before that he was a relief pitcher. Yep. And it's now it's like, hey, this guy has like this, this some stuff here. Like Johan, same kind of deal, throws 93, 94. His was, you know, both have pretty nasty sliders. And that's kind of what you kind of, that feeling is back of. Now, Johan carried that to a Cy Young award. Um, Barrios, who knows what he carries that to, but that kind of same feeling of like if if he puts it together here, he could he could make a run at it. Yeah, that, yep. I do feel great about that. Uh, Gibson, who's are you? He is got to be at the top of the list for the last five past five seasons of like top guy. I've just absolutely hated on this team. He was just like on the number like number one, if not number one, number two from 2013 through 2018. I'm just on the shit list at all times. Yeah, yep. I'm just. He'd go on these like weird like three four week stretches where it's like this dude's an all star, and then three four weeks like in a row right after that of like this dude should be in single A. Yeah, maybe. Yep. As like Very your sixth pitcher, yeah, frustrating. Kind of going, and I think he's he's thirty one ish now, thirty one, thirty two. He's he's kind of figured out what he is. Um, he remind. I don't think he's this kind of like dirty of a, like a player, but this the if you want to call it their ace. But uh, from the Cleveland Indians, from uh, the great film Major League, mm-hmm. that crafty like veteran who has like the Vaseline on the shoulder. Yep. Don't have an arm like you. Yeah. Gibson. Put anything I got on the ball. Yeah. Gibson in six years could be that guy. Like this could be like the reason why that guy's still on the roster was well six years ago he's pretty solid and now he just you know has to figure some things out. And, and who is who is the? I feel his name's escaping me. He's like six foot eleven and he's hung around and he was on the Kansas City Royals World Series team. 
Gilmesh. No. <laughs> Speaking of greatest free agent no, signings, I think you're thinking of, of yeah, right. I think you're thinking of uh, Chris Young. Yes, really elongated, so. yep. like throw motion, but through yep. like '84, he was yep. super strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, and this is Gibson again. Ryan's just taking unnecessary swipes at Gibson, who threw 196 innings last year. He got off the shit list because of last year. Innings. He's off the shit That's list. 32 games that yeah. he started, yeah. and we're just taking a quick peek at his strikeouts. 179 strikeouts I mean, last year for Gibson. Yeah. So, Gibby, if you can do that again, that would be fantastic. Barrios, again, there's, there's, you're saying there's ceiling space for him to continue to grow, but that's, that's like, that's optimistic. For both of them, it feels like we're we're just not. It would be great if there would be another Nelson Cruz starting pitcher that we could go out and throw a two year with a second year <laughs> option, twelve to fourteen million dollar contract at. But sneak peek, which there might be. We'll get we'll get to okay. that later. Sneak tease there, but like there might be. But yes, exactly. It feels like uh, it'd be great if not that we've ever been in a Roger Clemens uh, race to sign him, but that kind of guy like forty ish. But like has one season. Left. That, that's that's where they say like Jack Morris is one yes. of the greatest Minnesota. Correct. Like a, a signing of Jack Morris automatically is like oh there's in I can't remember if it's a promotional Twins in house made by the organization like the Twins went yeah. out and signed a horse and Jack <laughs> Morris and they did and the guy threw how many innings how many wins was an All Star and of course throws one of the greatest games ever in Major League Baseball history true in a Minnesota Twins true. uniform. But is there is there a guy like that? Because again, let's just just to hammer this point home: Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, Pineda, Gonzalez, Gonzalez, Stewart, Romero, Mejia. Man, uh, what, uh, intriguing. But again, it just it's not gonna. If you're if you're looking at the the dog days of summer and it's mid July and you're kind of flirting with a competitive club are these the guys that you're really excited to go hand the ball to to start games out and this is not at this point in time with these 16 <laughs> seemingly like middle of the road guys are we going to be the team that just goes all in on the the chuck out trevor made a pitch to the first three guys and then cole stewart the next <laughs> that's, what two bring, that's what i was going to bring up which where... this is an organization the the rays were the first to do that yeah are we going to follow suit yeah I'm always like, on do, we, that do we just be like that the traditional five man, four man power arms, fifth kind of whatever is not yeah. what's going to get us there. So we need to think about this in a different way. And we're gonna we're gonna throw two to three guys that we feel really confident of. You know what? Honestly, they're gonna take the hill. Uh, hopefully, we get seven. We'll live with six type stuff. In the two guys, Gibson Barrios, and then real realistically, Odorizzi is gonna be that third guy. Um, but then you got a bunch of guys who. I think in April, May, you got to figure out the roster. But by June, July, if we're still feeling like, let's make a run at this, we start experimenting with Pineda innings two through seven. Um, you start throwing it like, yeah, exactly, like a, like a Cole Stewart. You yeah. get through a couple of relievers yeah. right away, or maybe like, a, we don't have to worry about the, with the NL stuff of like having to have the pitcher bat. So he could even go in there and the DH thing's tricky. But um, just treat it where it's like, we got these, a lot more guys that could pitch three, four, five, six innings if need be. Yeah. Let's just see what we do. We have we have options. I think that's the thing to look at with this team is like, while we might not have the upper echelon elite 98 mile an hour fastball talent, mm-hmm. we have we do have options that are intriguing of they're not quite good enough where you have to do this with them. But they're also good enough where we can maybe get away with doing some of these other things with them. Yeah. And it's not just a gimmick. Yeah. And that's that's something that brings like could we be that that, could we be the 07 Dolphins? Could we be the 2001 Oakland A's? Could we be the, night, the, the 2018 Tampa Bay Rays? Where it's like, 
wow, what are they doing? Like, this is crazy. This yeah. is like, you know, this is absolutely either innovative if it works or moronic if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But like, still, that's a fine line between the two of them. Yep. And that, 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 those younger core of Gonsalves, Lewis Thorpe's always kind of yep. in that conversation. Yep. Fernando Romero. And Romero has great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still feel like power arms, they have a couple guys in that, in that, in the back, back end of the rope of the bullpen that could be those interesting figures. Yeah. I, I just, I wish the best for Trevor May, I guess is, is what I want him to find some spot. I guess he's my, he's who I'd like to see closing games for us. If we're going to have that tr- traditional yeah. closer role, or at least that's the guy that I would love to see to get out there. Uh, Taylor Rogers pitched well last year. Uh, we mm-hmm. have is Addison Reed still on this roster? He is in he, Trevor Hildenberger, who had a big Peak Valley kind of last <laughs> year and a half. Uh, guys that Molitor rode Hildenberg, Hildenberger like crazy. And yeah, I, I, I have a soft spot for Hildenberger too. Addison Reed, I had big hopes for, but so there's there's again there's there's names in these, and I think every organization can can look around and be like, well, here's who we have in our bullpen. Yes. We can this could work conceivably, but what's What's that next step? What are the other options? Yes. Uh, hopefully, we're we're thinking about those, and I think obviously this front office is. If you're if two guys again at a kitchen table can take a look at a roster and see like here's some weaknesses, <laughs> hope they do something about this. Yeah. Hopefully, they're doing that at a bigger level. Exactly. I think uh, I think the big question too that comes down to one obviously, who's starting who's starting the fifth game of the season that tells you a lot, but also two, who is pitching in the ninth inning for us. When we're up by one to two runs, not even not even ninth inning, but who are the guys we're throwing out there? Seven, eight, nine. Sure, yeah, who, that's who's who. your lockdown? Who's the guy you depend on in that bullpen? And yeah. I understand completely, like you might situation dependent, ride who's ever going. I don't, I don't, I am more in line with the. I don't care so much about that save that closer at the at the tail end. Just mm-hmm. I care about those those big moments. Do we have a guy that can step up in a big moment and be like, this is the guy to get us out of yes. this? Runners on first and second, we're up by one, close game late in the season. Do we have an arm that's like, Trevor, here's the ball, get us out of this? Yeah, I think that's what we learned over the last couple of years now in the playoffs. Not saying that like we're a guaranteed shoe-in, but I think that's something that should be like part of the thought process of we have the pieces to be competitive, and then all you ask for going into September is that we're at like a far enough distance away from it or an lead situation where like we just got to consistently play our brand of baseball, and we're going to be there. We don't have to like overachieve, or all of a sudden now everyone needs to bump up the bat and average 30 points in the last month. Not like unreal stuff. Like If we just keep doing the same thing, we're going to be right in there until that last week of the season. Yeah. And then who, when it comes down to the last series of the year, anything can happen, but you just want to be in it at that point. Yep. That's so, all That's all we can hope totally. for. And what you say with that is, you look at like Andrew Miller, where it's like, you, the Indians are the first one, I think, to kind of identify this. And then the Yankees kind of jumped on, and the Red Sox jumped on last year of, the spot that you need your like big three outs might be in the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily about, do I got this guy that if we get there in the ninth, because you might not get there in the ninth. And that's what they're kind of noticing. Like, it's great to have Chapman. But you know what's also great is when Chapman could come in with one out in the eighth mm-hmm. and needs to get five outs. Or, hey, it's the fifth inning and their two, three, four hitters are up and they got a runner on second with nobody out. Andrew Miller walks in and yeah. you like just feel like, great, we're getting out yeah. of this. We can figure it out. And that's where it's like we got guys that feel like like before the Andrew Miller is nobody before yeah. the yeah. Indians, right? He was a starter that kind of kind of was like, yeah, he might be a bust. And you kind of look at some of these other guys where it's like Trevor May kind of fits that a little build a little bit, can get it up there in 96, 97, 
you know, hopefully. And um, you you hope some of these guys, Addison Reed, maybe Taylor Rogers, big spot guy, exactly. Some guys, these are all guys you mentioned before. That's what I look more of. Can we depend on them when there's a spot that we need to call on them for? Yeah. And that's whatever inning that is. Yep. And that's that. That will be up until that point. Is it? Is it behoove this information? If if there's and this is maybe getting again to that idea of okay, so we still don't know that it's tough to know. You can figure out some of those things in spring training, but are there some moves out there right now yeah. that this organization can be like, you know what, uh, Olavani? The, or, yeah, yeah. or Cody Allen, you know, yeah. you're better than X, Y, Z in this bullpen. Let, let's go out. Let's spend some money. Cody Allen, welcome to the club. Oh, and, great. you know, we, yeah. we, we depend on you to do this, whatever, sixth, seventh, eighth, wherever you fit in in that. Like, yes. here's, here's a pile of cash. Do that better than Addison Reed did yeah. <laughs> last year. Yeah. If yeah. Addison, I think, I think this is a big tell, too. If Addison Reed can just become one of the guys That's, and not be the guy. That means I think that's a really good sign of like we might be onto something here. Yeah. Yet if Addison Reed is the guy, we might be looking at like sixty-two wins this year. It's it's that I think it's that drastic of like there's little things you can tell of like oh yeah it's just that easy. Yeah, and that's it. It always seems like it, it's crazy. I can't ever decide if the bullpen is just something that falls into place because you're like here's our stockpile of guys that throw baseballs professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Any one of these guys can come out and do it for an inning, or is it you need to find the right guys in that position because those late game situations are hugely important and you should have some of your best arms at the back end of the rotation. It, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those, It's it's been such an interesting, I think, kind of change in the game. What do we go through mid-90s, early 2000s where your closer was the be-all, end-all, yeah. you figure out what kind of walk-up music you're going to have blasting through <laughs> Yankee Stadium as one of the greatest pitchers in the game yeah. comes running in from the outfield, from the bullpen. In a, in a World Series where he's going up against the second-best close at that position it, of all time, Hoffman or, or, versus Rivera. And, yeah. our, and then now we're at this this position where it's kind of like, we need Rivera to come out and shut him down in the sixth because yep. they got bases loaded and we're clinging to a one-run lead and we're in yeah. Boston. God, think of that. Like... What if like Mariano Rivera was fifteen years younger, right? What would if he he's using the same way? Yeah. Would would you come? He because he was like one of the first guys to be like eighth inning. Let's do it. Yeah. Joe Torres like we're not we're not effing around here. Yeah. He's the best pitcher in baseball probably yeah. for what he does. You know. In that in this that's just definitely a, like the Twins don't have anybody of that yeah. caliber right now. And I mean you had last year we had some fun with Rodney. Uh, I appreciate Rodney. <laughs> I wish wherever he is the best right now. Uh, just. That was our big free agent signing last year. Was yeah, that Rodney. Yeah, and then uh, Rodney and Logan Morrison are the two big ones. So it, it, it's just that'll be. Let's see what happens there. Let's keep let's keep our radar up. Hopefully, you make some additions, and that's going to be the number one story for me going into this spring training. Is yeah. what in the world are we going to do with this bullpen? What's as always just hope, hope, hope for health with right. every single major league sports team. In general, those that choose to invest this much time, this is the first to be just kneecapped. Yeah. But let's figure out this bullpen because I think the starting rotation, we're just we're not going to be spending that kind of money on Patrick Corbin. No, and that's and that's kind of where it's going. Where it's like I, I think of a name like a Dallas Keuchel, who yeah. realistically probably has about two and a half years left of mm-hmm. like could be considered top end rotation guy. He might have like a five or six more year career. I'm not necessarily saying that, but. He's got this, a junk ball pitcher throws 89. Really good at it. I'm not saying like junk ball in a bad way, but yeah. kind of he's got to kind of fool you with some movement stuff. But like Dallas Keigo is probably just going around asking for like five years, probably in the 100 to $120 million range. 
we haven't signed a free agent over like sixty million dollars. I think was the highest. I think it was Irvin Santana was the highest of all time, and before that, it was uh, I was about to say Carl Pavano, but it wasn't Carl. <laughs> um, so sorry, uh, the guy from the Marlins again, but I'm out his name. But it's one of those things again where it's like we're not a team that's ever been going out there and we're going to throw. We will give it to our own guys. Yeah, but we're yep. not going to go bring a guy in and. Weirdly, it's been right, but it's also kind of those self-fulfilling prophecies of like, well, you're also like highest paid of all time to a 34-year-old starting pitcher who had his best year when he was got busted for PEDs. Yeah. So yeah. I would get that a little bit. I look at the relief relief pitchers too. There's really only um, – I should go off and use the top 50 off ESPN, in which case I instantly just think of this as like recruiting. Yeah. Like, hey, we got the 19th overall play. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing pretty good for this year's class. It would be great if we could add like the 49th guy and like maybe like the 31st. I'm not asking for a top 10. I'm not asking for a five-star. Just give me like a nice four-star compliment. That's how I'm like all of a sudden instantly go into it. But you look at these guys and it's like no relief pitchers ranked higher than 28. And that yep. was Jesse Chavez who just uh, went from the Cubs to the Rangers, two years, $8 million. Um, which is a really good deal. I don't know why that happened. But the the night guys that are available, Oti Avino from the Rockies, 33 years old, though. You look at Kimbrough, who's 30, um, and then you look at Ryan Madsen, 38. Ryan Madsen's interesting. Ryan Madsen coming from the Cubs, or where was he last year? He was with the Dodgers last year. Okay. Before that, I want to see he was with the Nationals. Um, and then Cody Allen, sitting at 40, uh, who's 30 years old as well. So nobody younger than 30. Um, and then you look at some of these salaries that are going for him for the guys that did sign. You got Zach Britton, who went to the Yankees three years, $39 million, to be the setup guy mm-hmm. for Chapman. You look uh, David Robertson, who went from the Yankees to the Phillies two years, $23 million, so 11.5 there. Uh, the guy we were talking about before starting to record, uh, Jerry's Familia, went back to the Mets three <laughs> so years, $30 million. Yeah, <laughs> big, big reunion. We're happy for him. He's happy for it. Um, and then a guy like Andrew Miller, two years, $25 million to the Cardinals. Who also got Paul Goldschmidt with a steal of a trade. So you're going to be dishing out for, if you were part of this first wave, right around that 10 to $13 million a season plus multiple years. Yep. For reliever, relief pitchers that can go year to year. I, Matt, if it's a one year deal for in that range, cool. There's no such thing as a bad one year deal. I really like that kind of mentality. But it realistically is looking like if you want to add one, fine. It probably doesn't make a lot of sense right now, though. Because this is these are the type of deals that you're in the second year of a three-year, thirty-four million-dollar deal and can't get out of it, mm-hmm. and derails a little bit. But um, if we can get one of these guys that are still there on like a nice one-year deal, yeah. and add it to again with the idea of taking Addison Reed from being the guy to just one of the guys, yep. I'm all for it. But uh, if we pass on everybody too, I'm not necessarily going to be the, the most upset. And again, on that scale of one to ten, five is if we got to just think of ourselves at five. Anywhere north of that is straying into the realm yeah. of positivity and possibility. <laughs> that's and true. I, I, I think that's just been our our census take on everything 2019 Minnesota Twins and this this the bullpen shakiness, mm-hmm. the questions of the back end of the rotation are not enough to tip the balance away from being positive about this it, yeah. it's it's we have options every single club of course has options but i think our starting rotation is probably better than the kansas city royals <laughs> and we are in the same division That's as true. the kansas city royals oh. and not to mention our favorite punching bag over in detroit how how, how many same division as detroit oh, it's very lucky this very is, lucky this is great this, <laughs> this this might be that like really like this is great to be a twins fan moment in 2019 of 
Like we're about, I feel like we're on the cusp of figuring something out. We're either going to figure out that we just need to clear everybody out. Like it's just hard yep. reset. Yep. Just get rid of everybody. Get his back as much as you can for it. Um, or we're like a year away from being like we might we might have like a little three to five year run here. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it's not this year. Maybe this is like one of those years where we get into September and just kind of fade at the end of it. But we're on to something. And then that third little last glimmer of hope that kind of get that, that, that reason you want to say it, 6.5 might be a firm seven is it's not out of the realm of possibility that Cleveland has a down year. Detroit's going to be Detroit. Kansas City's going to be Kansas City. And it Manny might... doesn't sign with the White Sox. Oh, man. Right? And that, which is a good kind of little transition into kind of the last bit I wanted to bring up here was looking at this free agent lineup. And Manny Machado is kind of the X factor for the Twins <laughs> this year, which is in a weird way, not positive way, of like if he goes to Chicago, the, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you get a rejuvenated Jose Abreu for some reason. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're in a lot of trouble again. But I did a little I did a little work here, pre pre uh, pre pod here, of current free agents still, and Nelson Cruz hurts this a little bit for the benefit of this. Of would you rather? Would you rather just just get rid of everybody and then just sign all these free agents that are available right now and this team and just go with this team with no chemistry other than up the middle because they played with each other for half a season last year or would you like ride it out with this team because let me show you who's out here I'll go around your starting pitchers are going to be Dallas Keuchel Gio Gonzalez Clay Buckholz Craig Kimbrell Kimbrell in your bullpen of some capacity Mm -hmm. you got uh, Grindal at catcher from the Dodgers you got I had to throw him in there. Logan Morrison at first base. <laughs> All right, let's let's just bring him back. We saw how it worked last year. We could probably convince him to take a pay cut. You go Dozier Machado up the middle. Mustakis at third. You go Marcakis on like a nice one year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Pollock and, and Bryce Harper, and then somewhere Jed Lowry fits into this. Yep. Oh, if you want Dozier out, put Jed Lowry at second. That's not for that over that. I don't know. I this sounds like a hundred one team. I don't know if like if I'm a team like let's call them the Blue Jays, right? And like. Do I really like anybody on my team? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, this is in 2012. Like, Jose Batista is not walking back through that door. I might just say, but you know what? Let's just see what happens. How much will this cost me? $150 million this year? Whatever. Worst case scenario, go. wipe the books clean. The Marlins did it twice. They're still allowed to have a team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, might, I might consider that. We're sitting approaching, fast approaching mid-January where those names are still out. That's like, yeah. And I, that would be that would be interesting to see like in previous years or iterations and trends mm-hmm. in baseball if, if this, that level of talent, recognizable marquee franchise yeah. talent, Harper, Machado, still available at this late of the stage. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's what they're all up to. Just waiting for that Blue Jays 2019 season. Of destiny, <laughs> only in Toronto. I well, think. this this is this is secretly the 2019 Montreal Expos yeah. roster ready expansion to be team. <laughs> or well, are we close to thinking that Portland might be getting a team too? So here's here's is that reading, the sneaky like I was NHL, reading up on this. Yeah, bring Seattle gets an NBA club back, and so Seattle got approved for an NHL team. Yep, they're going to. Start no, I mean, playing. Seattle got approved. Yep, yep. Yeah. not Portland. Um, excuse yes. me. So that'll put the NHL to 32. It'll be kind of weird. And then they'll reshuffle things again. And hopefully they drop calling one called the Metropolitan Division. This is, that, look no further to show why the NHL is struggling. Yep. You, you named one of your divisions the Metropolitan Division. But um, what I was reading on this was expansion in the MLB won't happen until Oakland and Tampa get new stadiums. Uh. Which 
uh, as per the ESPN report like two, three weeks ago, Oakland is still constantly dealing with like mice in the pot machines, which to me is like, how, how are you even a t- allowed to be a team? Like this is like, I think there should be a real like question to be asked of like, you look at baseball and hockey as the two sports that are kind of trending the wrong way in terms of viewership, in terms of uh, interest, especially with the younger generation. Um, because of the structures of the leagues, mm-hmm. which is also like side pod conversation type deal of what I'm really worried about with Minnesota United with the, with the soccer thing going on yeah. too. But yeah. it it does, it, it, when you have teams like the Marlins in the early 2000s that are allowed to just to dump your team after winning a World Series. When you have Oakland who doesn't put any money in, they had $66 million payroll last year and they still made the playoffs. Made the playoffs. Like, Grant, that I don't know if that's genius or if that's just like milking the system. I don't. I can't figure out what like what's better for MLB, but in terms of yeah, the expansion stuff, which realistically probably should happen for them, it kind of like would you have a, you have a full playoff caliber team of just free agents right now sitting yeah. out there. Um, how I yeah, but then you have teams like Oakland and Tampa that just can't figure it out. It's 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 interesting. I. I... It's also a league, and this is, I guess, from just a sporting standpoint, the freaking Kansas City Royals won a World Series in the last five years, and that, which I think yeah. is a great thing. Yes. And mostly this is for me coming from the particular market and the particular franchise that I've hooked my... Totally. Some we've talked about the first part of. With. Exactly, yeah. And it's just, I mean, that's... It. When Leicester City won for the Premier League, yes. I still think that's one of the greatest moments in sports, for sports in a whole world. Yeah. Wide viewpoint is, you need stories like that. I, there was rumblings of like a Super League for football in Europe, where it would just yep. be the top clubs yep. from each. Every year to get a play it, against it's just, each other. It's, yeah. that's, what, does that, what does that do? If, if sports are the best of us is these regional, hyper-regional things that can bring people together and just... That, that at their best, we need that. We need there to be levels of parity and opportunity. And so, if the Oakland A's can almost be there, because like you said earlier, all you need to do is just end up there in September and hope things break right. Now, it hasn't broken right for the Oakland A's since Dave Parker was a starting pitcher for them, yeah. and Conseco and McGuire were on the roster. Did but they win the World Series that year did. with Ricky. So Ricky Anderson. Ricky right? Anderson was on those. I mean, we'd have to double check. I think it's 1990. They up against the Reds in the World Series. Because Dodgers are 88. 89 is... 89 or 90? 88 is... We'll check. Yes. But there were some great teams in the A's before they became (laughs) the Billy Bean, Moneyball, Mice in the Pop, and Vending Machine story that is... How did you not get some royalties from that film, too? Like, shouldn't... It's the Bay Area. Who knows? Sports are wonky in California. How is, like, three startup guys not just bought that team? Right? And just turned it into just, like, the coolest thing ever. Once they know something we don't know. That maybe that's true. And, and again, it's just maybe secretly too. Would love to see another Canadian franchise. Let's go bring the Montreal Expos back. I uh, I would I would for a day, one day, twenty four hours, full twenty four hours, full honest consideration of jumping the bandwagon to be an Expos fan. I, I would, would come I to would the conclusion, be, conclusion I wouldn't do it, but I feel like you'd be fully I, within I, your rights. Yeah. I would not. I would hold zero judgment for that. If you could present a well-articulated argument as to why you should cheer for the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Brian Dozier, Logan Morrison 2019. Exactly. I would buy a Logan Morrison jersey. Full-stitched, game, <laughs> game edition, Montreal Expo. 
and then watch as he mysteriously gets a hamstring injury in August that derails him for the season. He gets oh, put on no, IR. No. Number ninety nine. As soon as he took that, oh, we should have known. God. So much hope. That in itself is worth the. Uh, I think we should probably just have a bottle of Jameson for the next pod. So yeah, if Jameson, then we can, if really, then, we can yeah. then we can start off with like, what? How are we feeling the yeah. twins? Six point five. See where it goes. See where it goes after two of those during the podcast. That's fair. That's fair. Just as a thought. On thought. Maybe for next time. Yeah. Oh. But hey, on that note, I don't know. Any any parting shots? Any any last? Uh... Yes. Oh, here we go. Reported by Fox News. I like this. Of the this is Channel Nine Fox News uh, here in the local Twin Cities. It's the new Living Wall is coming to Target Field. We're going back to the green. It's going to be a living quote unquote here from I think Dave St. Peter is a living wall of five thousand seven hundred sea green juniper plants. Ooh. Dead center field. To get rid of that black, bulky... Yeah. No trees, though. No trees. These, no trees. But these are those junipers that are like low-lying shrubs. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. I'm a fan. We should... Uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll just have a juniper. Maybe that's what the, the Doug Thomas box can hold. <laughs> a little juniper. Nice little juniper plant. I have no idea if juniper plants grow in boxes. We, a little, yeah, we can have yeah. a sprig of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. An honorary. We can so. open that up for kind of the aroma around here. Fair as enough. the Jameson shots go back and forth. Oh, Jameson, juniper. I don't know if, there, I don't know if there's anything left. Maybe one more J thing, but... Uh, uh, that, that's all. That's all that's I fair. have. That's for good. Hey, that's a great update. That's a great update. I like it. As the book closes on that. Well, we'll be back, possibly next week. We'll see. Yep. We'll see. This is big because we had the we had the, the Nelson Cruz leading into this and, and able to dive into pitching. But uh, as the uh, offseason turns here, as we get closer, we're seven point five, seven point six six weeks away from pitchers and catchers reports. It's, it's halfway through January already. Just yeah. <laughs> the the lack of snow is really confusing us over here. But on that note, with us. Yeah. Uh, till next time. Long live the Gophers.